Zach and Graham have talked about movies so much that they lost all their friends and stopped getting invited to parties. So they did the only thing that made sense. They put a cheap microphone in the old blanket fort and decided to bring the party to you. This dude, guess what I saw? Yeah. So what's your opinion of the Shamalamaverse? The Shamalama I don't know. I haven't seen uh, Glass yet. Have you? No, I haven't either. Well, let's, we need to go see it. Well, of course. But okay. how do you feel about the Shamala twist? That there was a twist? Well, that that it's like, oh, it was planned all along. Like, Oh, is that, the, is that the story? That it was the plan all along? That's what he's saying. He's like... Oh, I didn't know that. Because Unbreakable was filmed in the year 2000. Yes. And they're like, oh, you know, we just want... I just want to do a more realistic take on... Superheroes. Superheroes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's a big superhero fan in real life. Shyamala? Yeah, Shyamalan Malone. Just yeah. like Mr. Glass. He is Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass. Um, no. He he said, when it first came out in 2000, this was like X-Men time. Mm-hmm. I think Amazing Spider-Man was the year after that. Okay, yeah, it was around that time. Um, and he was like, oh, Don't no, forget these- Blade. Wow. Blade was the pioneer. Actually, Howard the Duck was the pioneer. Never actually, forget. Actually, I think Batman was the, the pioneer, like in the 40s or something. But anyways. Okay, nerd. <laughs> so, anyway, he says all these superhero movies, which is kind of funny that his perspective on superhero movies what was that it was flooded. Like in the year 2000, it was flooded with superhero movies. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Because what, you had some Blades, you had Spawn. I honestly think it was like X-Men. X-Men... I mean, Batman Begins didn't come out until oh, well, 2005. Yeah, but you did have the you did have the 90s Batmans, the Tim Burton Batman. Sure, it's just it does. No, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's it's funny that he's our perspective, yeah, yeah, from our perspective, the age of superhero movies yeah. hasn't come to fruition until the last ten years. Yeah, exactly. Iron Man one. Yeah, 2008 mm-hmm. was Iron Man's. Yep. So he said that. He wanted to do a more realistic take on what a superhero movie would be. And he said, like, I could totally see this becoming a trilogy. But obviously, it took him a long time to live up live yeah, up on that. Yeah. I think like 16 years. It came out in 2016, 2017. Well, you know, and the thing is, is I, uh, so I do a lot of writing, right? Writing? And writing, like writing with a pen and pad. Gotcha. Yeah. I was in, like, like on your I'm laptop. In, I'm in a lab, actually, usually writing with a pen and a Pen in the pad. God, I, I don't. I, I can't figure out the rest of those Dre lines. <laughs> Trying to get this damn label off, like Dre fell off. <laughs> Talk about guns, like I don't got none. What you think I sold them all? <laughs> Anyways, because I stay well off. Um, now all I'm to get is my. Now all day I'm trying to get whatever. Yeah. What were you saying? So writing, uh, I do. I do uh, a fair bit of writing, and I like writing stories, and um, I can understand like writing something and then being like I could see like. I have a feeling it could go this way or I could see where this could go, but like not having the time or even the drive to like finish it. Right. But this is the height of Shyamala. Back then. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is, is I, is, is I don't think that he was looking to do a repeat. I don't think it's like when Vin Diesel did the first uh, Fast and the Furious. And he and he's like, I was going to be seen in sequels. I'll, I'll never do a sequel ever. And now his whole career is based on literally based on sequels, mm-hmm. like Riddick sequels, triple X sequels and Fast and the Furious sequels mm-hmm. and Guardians of the Galaxy sequels and Guardians of the Galaxy sequels. Cause mm-hmm. I am Groot. Um, it's just, it's just interesting to me and that there, he's actually making good 
yeah. on this. And so in Split, you saw Split, right? I saw, oh, yeah. Great movie. Great? Yeah. So this is why it's great. So um, Because it portrays uh, mental health or <laughs> mental, mental illness in a positive light? No, this is, this, is why, this is why it was great. So there were a lot of elements, I think, that made it great. And there were a lot of elements that made it feel like the early Shyamalan stuff, right? Um, like just, just the storytelling was really solid. Like the character building was really solid. But the thing that I loved about this movie, and it's kind of the rough part of the movie, is there's a, there's the the scene with the uncle and the and the and the niece right in the woods, and I'll walk out of a movie like I don't care like if a movie crosses a line for me especially when it comes to that scene I'm out like I don't have any desire to sit around for something like that, and the reason I call this movie great is because as a filmmaker he was able to take it right to this line I was literally gonna like gonna stand up right I'm like one more second of this I'm gonna stand up and boom scene change. And obviously that threshold's different for everybody, right? Some people don't even have that threshold. But for me, I was like, whoa. And it made a powerful impact on me watching the movie because I was like, wow, he was able to tell this story without without crossing that line, mm-hmm. right? That's what I was getting at. So, that, so that's, for me, that's why I think it's a great movie. Because that one scene. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, literally. And, he- no, no, and all the other elements I said. I, like I said, there was, there was a lot of class, like really good storytelling, really, really good character development. A fun world, but that feels like our world, but just displaced. Um, I think he did this really well as in um, in uh, what was the not Shape of Water, Signs, not Signs, the Lady in the Water, Lady in the Water. So I wasn't a huge fan of a lot of the characters in that, but the main character, the one that uh, what's Paul his Giamatti, name? yes, Paul Giamatti's character, and then the way that the the mermaid world or whatever worked with our world, how it's definitely our world, but then it's like just different. I don't know. He does a good job with that. And I, and I feel like in Split in particular, he had all of the elements come together. I don't know. It wasn't amazing to me. Yeah. But it's fun yeah. that he um, finally tied it in. Totally. And when I was watching it and it was uh, shows, oh, what is the guy's name? The Beast beast Monster Man. Uh, Professor Xavier. Yeah. So, so uh, Mr. Tumnus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's sitting in the mirror and it starts dropping the unbreakable music. See, I didn't pick up the unbreakable music. I did. Okay. And I was like, what, what is this? Cause I was in the movie with my girlfriend and I was like, what, what's this music? What's this? Is this unbreakable? Is this unbreakable? Is this in the unbreakable universe? And I started <laughs> losing it and I was like, that's fun. But also it's not, I don't know. Like, cause it's not, you look at six cents. Um, you look at Sixth Sense, and his twist was intertwined in the entire movie. Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Unbreakable. We'll take we'll take it just to the predecessor. Right, the twist that that Sammy J, Samuel L, Samuel, yeah, Sammy L. Uh, I guess it's Sammy J. Sammy J still works. Yeah, Sammy J. Sammy J is the bad guy throughout the entire movie, and who set it up. And so once you get this reveal. You're like, oh, oh, you know, I see dead people. You're actually dead. Oh, like right. it, it it transitions throughout the whole movie. Where the twist in this one um, is that it happens to be in the same universe as David Dunn. <sighs> see, and I'm okay with that. Be, the, and the reason I'm okay with that is because, and we see that uh, we see we see movies that have uh, franchises that have um, fans already, right? We see this, like Marvel does this all the time, mm-hmm. right? They'll put in these little 
these little like fun things, right? Mm -hmm. That were that are like we love and we eat up because we're like ha 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 comic books, right? Or ha ha that was in that one movie that one time obscure reference. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the yeah I feel like the twist he was playing on definitely wasn't as intricate as his twists usually are. Because mm -hmm. um, there were other twists in this movie though as well in in Split. Well, nothing that you really s didn't kind of see coming. I don't agree. Like the fact that the beast was actually like superhuman. Well, yeah, one, but also, also the girl's story, like the way that the beast left her alone because she was like, she was, she was also tormented. That's, and that's, that's the, in no way is that a twist. No, it's not a twist. I'm just saying there were other things built in, but anyways, getting back to this twist that you're talking about, this twist, I think was a fun fan service twist because I didn't get it until we were in the diner and Bruce Willis starts talking and I'm like, Wait, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? It was like in Solo when uh, the chick's talking to the guy in the holographic chair at the end. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wait, is this? And you don't, like, I didn't realize it was Darth Maul until, like, almost towards the end of that conversation. Because he looked just a little too different to mm -hmm. me. And uh, I was like, dude, this is Darth Maul. Right? And so the payoff was kind of a fun Sam fan service payoff. Um, but definitely not as intricate or well-written as his other twists But have been. It's, it's a twist that affects the universe of the movie. Right. But really has no impact on, on that current that movie. That said movie. The twist right. doesn't have any impact until the... Till until Glass. Till Glass. Yeah. By the way, we, we need to go see this thing. No, no. We let's said go that already. On, let's go on Tuesday. We should go next Tuesday. $5 Tuesday? Yeah. I'm about that. Okay. Sneak in snacks? Sneak in snacks. Yeah. Maybe full course meal this time? <laughs> we have snuck in extra large pizzas before. <laughs> <laughs> the the time that they asked if we had a bomb in our bag that we were hiding the pizzas in. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. Oh, I was sweating. It was like I popped a molly. <laughs> Speaking of Bruce Willis, dude, guess what I saw? What'd you see? Die Hard. Oh, dude. Die Hard. It's not even Christmas time. You watch the best Christmas movie ever. Best Christmas movie ever. <laughs> maybe, tie, maybe tied with uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppet Christmas Carol is pretty. It's a pretty good Christmas movie. Any Muppet rendition of a classic tale is pretty good. <laughs> uh, Treasure Island, Muppet Treasure Island. Mm, it's, it's okay. What? Christmas Story, though, is amazing. But, dude, that's an amazing movie. It is. Die Hard. Oh, I, lo I love Die Hard. <laughs> I mean, I saw it when I was like eight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I knew it was fanta fantastic <laughs> then. Um, when's the last time you watched it? Oh, man. It's literally, it's probably been over 10 years since I've seen Die Hard. See, because when I watched it, it was like coming home to an old friend. Was it? That I'd just seen. See, I feel like I watched it a handful of times on VHS when I was a kid. And then I saw it like I would I saw it on like FX or Fox, mm -hmm. right? Like you'd catch bits and parts sure. of it here and there. And I think the last time I like legitimately sat down and watched it was like, yeah, 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. Long time ago. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just it's it's satisfying on all levels to me, like from the story arc to just wanting to get that action fix to the funny like it did funny like Marvel does. But in I think a really classy amount. Um, like when the movie starts off, like you see that <laughs> first off, this movie was kind of a time capsule because it was, things were so different. Like it, when it, when this movie was like early nineties, late eighties, something like that. Late 80s. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. It was like 88 or something. We okay. can fact check that later. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's John McClane on a plane with a gun. <laughs> 
He gets off the plane. Right. Smoking a cigarette. In the airport. In the airport. He's just yes. walking around. Um, you know, America used to be free. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, it's pretty rough now. Pretty rough I, now. I should be able to smoke where I can endanger everybody. Right. Not just myself. I should be able to bring a loaded firearm onto any flight. Oh, any flight. Right. Any flight. I mean, <laughs> like... I'm there for everybody else's safety because <laughs> this is America. America. Um, so anyway, it was just it was just kind of interesting. Gas prices like seventy four cents on one of the billboards. Um, but anyway, uh, he got into the he gets into the limo. You can tell there's some tension between John McClane, Bruce Willis's character, and his wife, who he's going to go see. Right, because that's why he's in town, right? Um, or is he coming back from a case, or is he visiting? No, he's visiting because he he lives yeah. he lives back in New York. Yeah, because things were a little terse with them. Because I think in Die Hard Two, they're they're broken up. They're no longer together. Uh, no. Or is I that th- Live Free Die Hard? No, no. I think you're thinking Die Hard with a Vengeance when they're full on broke up. Oh, in yeah, Die Hard that's what Two, it is. she's on the plane going to see that's him because right. everything's going really well. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's and right. And then non Hans Gruber, whatever American. Right. G.I. Joe screws everything up. Um, anyway, um, so there's this there's this relationship tension that is established in the very beginning. Uh, and Holly, his wife, which I don't think I've ever seen her in anything else but a Die Hard movie. Can you think of her in anything else? No, I can't, I can't even picture her. It's been so long since I've seen this thing. <sighs> it's so it's, – it, watching it as an adult, as watching it as a kid, like she was just like a mom. Right. right? Yeah, but yeah. now I'm like – well, Holly looks pretty good. <laughs> what was John thinking leaving her? Holly's got it going on. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and all the, like, it's funny because I think they do 80s businessman stereotypes without it being a stereotype, well, like a, a retrospective stereotype. That's what I'm saying. Do they Are they doing stereotypes or is that just how business people were in the 80s? I sure as hell hope so. every 80s movie I've ever seen, Every business person is the same. And then retrospectively, every movie that portrays an 80s business person, they're the exact same. But I don't think it's too, it's not too disparate from what it, what, how we portray it. Yeah. And how they portray it. And that's what I'm saying is, is it, was it just a very true to life portrayal of business people Maybe. in the 80s? Maybe. Like, like the ugly suits and the cocaine and the. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like you see, you see people emulating the '90s nowadays, yeah, and they're all Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. But when you actually look at a '90s movie, like yeah, there's some of that sprinkled in with like uh, '90s teens, like grungy '90 te- '90s teens. It's not that it's not no. ramped up to eleven like that. Yep. But <laughs> in current like '80s, like in the '80s when they were currently being made. That's how they were portrayed. I just think it's. I just think it's really, really interesting. Um, yeah, and so uh, John meets up with Holly, and um, they're discussing things in the bathroom. And then Professor Snape shows up, right, with his goon squad, yeah, uh, to take over. Um, and why were the Nakatomi they t- building? Why were they taking it over? I can't remember why. Why was this building so important? That was what was so funny about it, or that was what was so fun about it. I should say is that. They pretend to be terrorists. Okay. When Hans Gruber, um, Alan Rickman, right. Alan yeah, yeah. Rickman, they he, they take the head honcho business guy, head honcho. That actually might be racist. Head 
Honcho. Is that is is that like a Mexican reference? Honcho. No. I don't know. The Spanish? Honcho. Head honcho. It sounds Spanish. I could see it. I've being, never thought about that. I could see it being Japanese. I don't think it's racist though. <laughs> Just be you can still say words like burrito and taco. It's okay. <laughs> okay, as long as I have your clearance. Um, well your last name is Rodriguez, bro. You tell me. I was trying not to make that information public, but okay. Um, so, so yeah, it turns out that Hans Gruberg and his goon squad, they're, they're trying to uh, fake a terrorist plot, a terrorist um, uh, act. Okay. Uh, but they're really there just for the money. They, the... Takagi is, I think, is the boss's name. Uh-huh. He has six hundred four million dollars, six six hundred forty million dollars in negotiable bearer bonds. That's like in this, that's like thirty trillion dollars in today's world. Uh, let me see this. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> um. Anyway, he he wants money. Okay, so but, so Snape, so Snape and his buddies are coming see, because I, this is something I don't remember from the movie. So Snape and his buddies are coming. They're gonna they're faking a terrorist attack, mm-hmm. which to, will, will, which comes into play later, right? To get money, they're faking a terror attack. But what their real intention is to get the six hundred forty million dollars in bearer bonds outside out of Takagi's safe. Okay, and so I don't why know. why why this why the. The smoke and mirrors. Why not just go and do what you want to do? Like I said. Oh, it's going to come into play. play. Okay, sorry. Keep going. See, it's been a a long time. Long time. Well, it's all because of the safe. So the safe that Takagi has is, like, it's insane. I can't wrap my mind around it. And I think that's the intention. Like, I think that's the the way it was written Mm -hmm. in the screenplay is that it's this seven-layer safe. It's like a safe from the Eldritch Gods. It's beyond mortal comprehension. Essentially, like the (laughs) fourth layer is a labyrinthian maze they have to solve. There's a literal centaur. Yeah, yeah. In a pocket universe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So he, so it's this crazy safe that the seventh layer, the, like the, the hacker, the hacker guy. I'm just sorry, seventh layer. I'm just like envisioning like Dante's Inferno. Inferno? Inferno, like the. Or like the seventh seal, right? Like the seventh seal, mm-hmm. like <laughs> essentially it was a seventh yeah. seal layer. Yeah, of this it thing. was. So anyway, so the hacker, yeah, yeah. So the hacker's like, oh yeah, I can't get through that. Like I can get through the other ones, could take a while, but I can't get through that. And Alan Rickman's like, leave that to me, Mister Potter. I wish his, I wish the hacker's name was Potter. That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. The hacker's name was Potter. Anyway, so uh, and. And uh, all the while, while they, while Hans um, Snape is coming in and causing this ruse of a terrorist um, attack or terrorist plot, um, he, uh, John McClane hears this, and so he kind of hightails it upstairs mm-hmm. uh, to kind of get assessed the situation, and he sees Takagi talking to um, Hans Gruberg. And Takagi's like, I can't help you. I can't help you. I don't have the keys to the safe. And so Han just, boom, pops him right there. Um, this feels to me like a terrorist act. <laughs> Not just a heist. Why? I don't know. Just keep going. Keep going. So anyway, they, so Takagi gets killed. They go up to go hack it, like I said before. And um, 
And then it's like a good 45, 50 minutes of just John McClane shenanigans. Yeah, that was the thing I remember about this. Because I think I'd seen this well after I'd seen Home Alone. Mm -hmm. Right? Like the first time I'd seen this movie. Interesting. And so like to me, I was just like, I was just like, yeah, get them. Get the bad guys with your cool traps. (laughs) Hit them with the pipe. Hit them with the pipe. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I remember as a kid, like I always wanted to be in it. Like there were, there were a handful of movies when we were kids, right. mm -hmm. Where this, like that was kind of the plot, right. Mm -hmm. Like kid gets left alone, has to defend himself against the bad guys and creates Mm -hmm. all these like amazing uh, traps and traps. Yeah. And And, like, I was always trying to make like trip wires and stuff like that. And Die Hard fell into that category for me because of the, these shenanigans, right. Mm, Home Alone was after Die Hard. Oh, no, uh, from me seeing it, though. Uh, I, I saw see. Home Alone before I, I saw Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wonder, you know, was it? <laughs> somebody's like, it was also a Christmas movie. You know what You know what Home Alone is? <laughs> Home Alone is, you know when they, like... Make John McClane in the younger years? No, you know when they make, like, kid bop albums and they take, oh, like, popular songs? Yeah. Home Alone is the kid bop. Die Hard. Die Hard. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yep, that's amazing. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it's just like, it's a good, I mean, and, and while all these, it's not just like padding the runtime as I, I, I felt mm-hmm. it's not padding the runtime. Cause during this, he's getting contact to the outside world and it's just, everything's not going right for John McClane. Yeah. Um, cause he's like talking to the cops down cause the cops are there by this time. Right. Well, to just get the cops attention, yeah. he was able to get a radio. Yeah. And he like, and like called somebody in a out the window or something. Well, he called in a mayday. Okay. And somebody's like, this is for emergencies only. And he's like, this is an emergency. He's like, I'm going to report you if you don't call 911. He's like, go ahead. Send the cops over. Send the, the everything. Anyway, send a cop over, which is Carl from Family Matters. Yeah. yeah. And he becomes like, he becomes... John McClane's like buddy on the outside, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they become buddy, buddy. Ma- mainly the way to transfer exposition between yeah. the two points of views. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's so sad because then Carl had to go home and deal with Steve Urkel trying to scam on his daughter the whole time. Yeah. After yeah. after his brave his brave handling of this this situation. Oh yeah. Then he has to go home and deal with that. Hmm. He's an American hero, hmm. patriot. Does everybody have story art or like character arcs in this? I've I don't know, man. It's been too long. Yeah. I'm just thinking because Carl, uh-huh. he hasn't, I think he's on his, the beat that he's on mm-hmm. because he accidentally shot a kid and he, he can't draw his gun anymore. Okay. And in the end, we see him draw the gun on the big tall, the brother of the guy that he, that John McClane kills and puts and writes on a sweater. Now I have a machine gun. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. And then like throws him through a window or whatever. No, I never throws him through a window. Oh, I thought he did. No, no, the the tall, the blonde guy's brother, the blonde guy that says ho, ho, ho. The ho, ho, ho one. He didn't yeah, throw him through a window? No, no, he just kills him in an uh, oh, unfinished and then upstairs. Oh, that's right, that's and right. And then he right. puts him in the elevator, sends him down. That's right, that's right. And yeah, then he yeah. writes ho, 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 or now I have yeah. a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. 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 Um, Very sexist of him. Well, listen, <laughs> he had long blonde hair, you know, blondes, <laughs> Scandinavians, <laughs> men. <laughs> Um, he doesn't see gender. <laughs> he doesn't see gender. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. So the blonde guy's brother, who's also blonde, uh-huh. um, Carl pulls his gun on him. Right. Completing his story arc or right. his character arc. Right, right, right. Um, John McClane, you know, realizes he cares for his wife. Right. 
They're going to uh, work it out? They're going to work it out. Yeah. Um, Holly realizes that even though John can be a jerk. He's a. He's, he's, he's a. He's gosh, there for. dang American hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hans Gruberg doesn't necessarily have a character arc. He realizes. Plummet, plummet down. He realizes that he shouldn't have had all this smoke and mirror. He just should have come and grabbed the cash and left. Oh, yeah. So. Wait, wait, pause. I, one thing I remember specifically about this movie is uh, John McClane loses his shoes. When does that happen? Well. It's actually that in the very beginning, yeah. John McClane doesn't like plane fly or, or air travel. Okay, and so he's like, he's like uh, his neighbor, the guy he's sitting next to in the plane. Says, right. "You know what works with that? You go home, you take off your shoes, and you walk around, and you make fists with your toes." Okay, he makes fists with your toes, and so while he's cleaning up in. The in the, in a bathroom in a private bathroom at Holly's party before Hans Gruber comes in. Right, he took his he shoes took off. Took his shoes off. Then everything kind of hit the fan. Yeah, and he took off without grabbing his shoes. Oh, yeah. But didn't he kill like twenty dudes? Could he not take a pair of shoes from any one of them? And that's also addressed. Oh, <laughs> he the big tall dude who's like six foot four, and John McClane's not that tall. I don't no, know yeah, how yeah. tall Bruce Willis is. Yeah, yeah, but he goes to steal the shoes off of the guy, and he says. I killed the or I killed the one guy with smaller feet than my sister. So he tried to put those shoes on, okay, but he okay. couldn't take it. And okay. then then there's a scene later where he's crawling away after they shot all the glass out around him yeah. with bloody with super bloody feet. And oh, yeah. I remember that being pretty impactful mm-hmm. when I was a little kid. I was like, oh, that's really bad. Yeah, that's really bad. Mom says I shouldn't go outside without my shoes on. No wonder. Now I know why. <laughs> um. Uh, so anyway, as it turns out, the reason for the terrorist plot mm-hmm. is because the last layer in the safe is this electromagnetic thing that can't be turned off. But since the FBI eventually shows up because they hear about all the explosions and everything, uh, they follow the FBI playbook and shut right. down the power. Which makes okay. which makes it access, but you know, this opens the seventh seal. You know that wouldn't work because yeah, it would place, have had redundant. If the if it's that intense of a safe, it would have had redundancy. Yeah, there'd be a couple of UPCs, yeah, 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 on yeah, there yeah. where it would wouldn't allow that because yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So okay, I understand. But here's the thing. Here's the problem with that though is is you attract you've now attracted every cop in the city. Mm-hmm. You've now attracted the FBI. What was their get-out plan? What was the escape plan here? You don't think Hans Gruber's got that stuff on lock? I can't remember. He's planned for the FBI. He's planned for the cops. They've planned for retaliation. You know what he didn't plan for? Cowboy. John F. McClain. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so the FBI shows up. They shut it down. They get inside. They pull all the money out. Yeah, the FBI shows up. They shut down the power. Yeah. And then the, the, bad, the bad guys are able to yep. get into hell now that the seventh seal is open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Book of Revelations fulfilled. Um, <laughs> so they what they're so what they try to do is they try to take all of the employees from the party mm-hmm. and get them onto a um, a helicopter. Okay. But the roof is rigged to explode. By Hans Gruber. By Hans Gruber. Okay. And Hans Gruber was gonna go scuttle away. In a different direction. Okay. Um, and so John McClane goes up. Was his plan to kill all the guests? Like the the roof was going to explode with all the guests still? And, and apparently Hans Gruber to the FBI's per- perspective. Oh. Uh, they're all going to die. Was it's he like, going to kill all of his buddies too? 
No. Oh, okay. No, they so, were just going to get people on the plane. So the bad guys were going to escape, but kill all the good guys, and then you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between all the bodies. Mm -hmm. hmm. Good idea. At least I think that's what the plan was. If and it wasn't, let's say it was, because that sounds like a good plan. It does. <laughs> it does. But you know what that, that plan also is? Huh. It's, it's a plan from, the, from Swordfish. Oh, it is totally the plan from Swordfish. <laughs> I mean, again, very similar movies. They needed a computer guy to hack a thing to get a bunch of cash. Uh-huh. Explosions. Explosions. People. Hostages. Yeah, yeah. Fake terrorist situation. Smoke and mirrors. It's not actually a terrorist situation. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't really. It wasn't did. that smoke and mirrors? Well, no. The, he did smoke and mirrors, but it was always a bank heist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always a bank heist. Anyway. Yeah. So he... Um, so John eventually... Um, there's a standoff with Hans Gruberg and John, um, and he, sorry, I was just remembering the Bob's Burgers episode. Was it Bob's Burgers? Where they pretty much do this again, where they, <laughs> where they, where they do the same scene where like, I think T or, um, Tina or the one that likes butts. No, not one likes butts. The other one? The crazy one. The one with the, the Louise. rabbit ears. Louise. Louise. Louise has something like taped to her back. Because that's what John McClane ends up doing. He tapes a gun to his back. Right, I remember that. And he puts his hands up. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no riding off into the sunset, cowboy. How do you say it? yippee Kaye, <laughs> Blankety blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Wait, he, Hans Gruber says the yippee Kaye line? Oh, yeah, because John McClane has said it multiple times to oh, Hans Gruber okay. I was like, I was like, I over remember, the radio. Yeah, I remember John McClane saying it a bunch of times. Yeah, because John or Hans Bruber. Hans Bruberg, yeah, Snape is like, this isn't a Western cowboy. Like, no, you are not going, you're not the plucky hero and such and such. And he's like, Potter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, yippee ki yay, mother trucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so. So then Hans Gruber says it back to him, but guess what? John McClane's got a little surprise for you. Yeah, he's got a gun. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just, it's good. It's yeah. a good movie. It's a great movie, man. It's a good. Movie. Oh, and one thing I thought was actually really interesting. So you know Hans Gruberg, um, uh, is fall. He's he's hanging on to Holly's wrist, right? As he's hanging outside. I, I remember that. Yep. yep. Uh -huh. And he's holding on. So he's holding on, and what he's got a grip on is Holly's watch. Okay. Now, in the beginning, uh, when John first gets to the, um, when John first gets to the office. He says he meets that skeezy, super 80s businessman guy. Yeah, yeah, He's like, hey, John, hey, you know, Holly's doing real well. We know everything that's yeah. just that Yeah, we're really says. taking care of her around yeah. here. Uh -huh. Cocaina. <laughs> so he goes, yeah, uh, Holly, show him the watch. Oh. And so she's wearing a watch. He's like, it's a Rolex. And so it kind of shows. So anyway. Hans Gruberg's hanging. Hans Gruberg's hanging on to Holly by this watch. Yeah, the watch which is tying her to this building. Exactly. Yeah. And then the watch breaks. Right. And Holly's saved. Yeah. She's yeah. not going to get pulled down. And I, <laughs> it's got to be for a reason that it's like <laughs> symbolism <laughs> right. of like she's broken her ties by letting go of this company or breaking ties with this company. Right. This, she will be saved. This evil corporation was trying to pull her into. Hell, after they broke the seventh seal. Yeah, the seventh seal, seal. Because money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and John McClane saved her from that eventuality. 
<laughs> you could go that deep, but I just think it's a a, a pretty right. easy parallel yeah, yeah, that yeah, like yeah. the thing that was that took Holly away from John is now broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, but honestly, man, it's uh, it's a it's such a solid movie. Yeah. For so for years, I've been making the joke that it's like. The best Christmas movie, right? And this I is don't like, understand why it's a joke. Th- well, no, this is why it's a joke. First off, everybody says it now, right? Yeah. Secondly, the other reason is because I haven't watched it in so long. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I need to revisit it. That's for sure. Yeah. Because yeah, it, yeah. it's been a minute. It's been a minute. What's the last Die Hard movie you watched and when? Oh, dude. Live Free, Die Hard, bro. Hasn't there been two more after Probably. Free, and I don't hard? care about either of them. I don't care about any other. The first one? And this one. And Live Free Die Hard are the only ones I care about. I love the first three. Yeah, you're right. The first three are pretty classic. I think the first three but are... But dude, Live Free Die Hard is so good. It was just... It just like hit at the right time. No, it's the worst one. No, it's so good. Because it, it's PG-13. It is PG-13. And so the yippee Kaye is like covered up by a... It's like, yippee Kaye mother trucker, but it's like, yippee Kaye mother... Yeah. Yeah, there's no, the gunshot. It's, it's, and I don't... Dude, and it's got the stone kid from the old Apple commercials. You yep. know, when you talk about a period piece, that movie is a period piece. That movie is also a that's, time capsule. That's after Justin Long's, like, heyday. Was it? I think it's well into his descent. Oh, I don't no, know. So, what I actually did like about the Live Free Die Hards, I, I thought the portrayal of his daughter uh-huh. were, was actually pretty good. Like I liked, yeah. I liked her character. Is that Brie Larson? I don't know. Is Brie Larson Captain America? Captain Marvel. Or, uh, Captain Marvel. Hold on a second. <laughs> fact, fact checking, engage. Live free, die hard. Cast. <laughs> I'm glad that Google Assistant could come along for this podcast. The cast of Live Free or Die Hard includes Bruce Willis, Mary oh. Elizabeth Winstead. No, and shut up. Shut. Others. I'm done. I'm done with you. <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Don't know who that is, but. I agree. I liked all the portrayals in that. What do you mean? I just liked everybody's portrayal in that. In Live Free, Die Hard? You know what my favorite character in that movie is? Guess what my favorite character We're talking about like four or five different movies here. What? Live Free, Die Hard. Guess guess what my favorite character is in that one? Timothy Oliphant? I don't know who that is. He's the main bad guy. No, I don't care about that guy. Maggie Q? I don't know who that is. It's the like lady that's particularly good at Kung Fu and I think they're... Kung Fu? Kung Fu. Karate? Karate. Judo. Krav Maga. <laughs> Krav Maga. No, man. It's, uh, oh, I just forgot his name. All the buildup and I just forgot his name. Oh, 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 oh. Um, uh, makes clerk's he, guy. Yeah, he makes movies. Yeah. What's his name? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if we ever get popular. <laughs> Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Oh. Kevin Smith, because he has the ultimate hacker's lair. Uh-huh. Everybody want. that's what I always wanted as a kid. All I wanted was to be able to hack everything. All and the power's out, and he's routing all of the power to his house. Isn't his mom upstairs? Yes, like, and his mom's Ma, upstairs. I want some you t- yoo-hoo. Yeah, man. Uh, that is my favorite character in that whole movie. He's so good. <laughs> he's my hero. <laughs> he's, the, he's the hero we deserve. <laughs> Not the hero we need? Um, yeah, so... With the Die Hard movie... I know now. I know now. I remember why he doesn't have his shoes on. Now we've deduced why he didn't get his stuff. So what ends up happening with Carl? Do him and him become friends at the end? Carl and and John McClane. Yeah, Carl oh. killed for him. That's Car- true. Car- Carl actually, and I think at the wasn't there a well. I think they 
at this point, like Hans Gruberg finally reveals John's name because everybody knows him at that point as Roy. Wait, what? As Roy? Yeah. Roy. Bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know we just did last week, I right? I know, man. <laughs> Roy's... Roy's in cinema is dangerous. Did you? I don't know what to. I don't know what to think how, about the movie anymore. Okay, how many layers deep are we in this? Okay, so, so for anybody who's just tuning in, <laughs> go back and listen to uh, the we did it. We did one of these. The Fall of Roy. The, yeah, it's called the Fall of Roy. Go back and listen to that. But but uh, long story short, we've determined that the movie The Fall is a simulation for Roy, the game Roy in Rick and Morty. So if you don't know what that is, you got to get caught up. You just get watch Rick and Morty get caught up. So is this now another Roy simulation? See, I don't know. Another variation. Because his, his fake name was Roy. He wasn't actually Roy. He was still John McClane. Right, right. He, okay. He was still John McClane. I mean, it still could be Roy, though. It could be like, it could be like Roy, Roy Six, Roy Alias. <laughs> That's the beauty with the name Roy. It could be anything. And then there's that, a, that's what I'm saying. And then there, I, I don't know what's real. And then the mini game inside of this Roy game is playing Home Alone, the Home Alone movie out. <laughs> so in Roy, yeah, you play John Home Alone. Yes. And since he's like he doesn't know else what what else to think, he's like, uh, uh, my name's my name's Roy. Yeah, yeah, yeah my name's Roy because it really is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sold on that one. Any, any movie with the, with the character Roy now has become... Because in the last one, I totally get it. Yeah. You know, because it's like in, in the 1920s. It's yeah. early, you know, uh, it's it's in America. Roy, Roy takes place in... Yeah, no, I'm saying it's, oh. like the, it's like the Red Dead Redemption oh, version. If like Roy is regular GTA, yeah, 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 yeah. then the fall is like... The fall. <laughs> the fall is like GTA with horses. <laughs> is like the Red Dead Redemption to Roy's GTA. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Huh. Anyways, interesting theory. And, you know, after watching this, I checked out, you know, the IMDb of Bruce Willis. And apparently they've got uh, another Die Hard coming out. No. Yeah. And it's kind of following suit to uh, what they did with both um, Sylvester Stallone uh, pieces like features, like the Rambo, uh-huh. and actually that doesn't make any sense. But it's just called McLean. In the same okay. way, it's like they do Balboa, and right. Creed, and all these movies where and it's just takes, M- McLean. Well, yeah, it adopts these very iconic names. Is it as, is or Glass? Yeah, yeah. Is it is it internet rumor or is it like happening? happening? It's announced, um, huh. and uh, Bruce Willis's. Rumored to be in it. They, well, if they're gonna if they're gonna do it and they're not, yeah, I mean, they should just be Bruce Willis. Well, I don't know, man. I'm kind of done with Bruce Willis's John McClane. Like he's like he's got to be getting old. He is old. <laughs> I mean, in uh, Good Day to Die Hard, he was looking rough. Was he? <laughs> yeah. And so I don't think they well, should. Well, I mean, when you know when you've saved the world five or six times, how do you think you're gonna look? But he's been grumpy his whole life. <laughs> you know, and I don't think Bruce Willis can do the grumpy thing. Like, old grumpy thing. Like, yeah. he's no he's no um, 
get off my lawn. Who's that guy? Uh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. no Clint Eastwood. Yeah, it's true. Because Clint Eastwood's been doing the grumpy old man thing since, like, Dirty Harry. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Clint Eastwood has been an old man since the 70s. Sure, sure. He, like, seriously. He's he's never, except for, in, except for in his movie, Every Which Way But Loose. You remember those when he had the orangutan? Oh, yeah. those. Even in that one, he was serious and grumpy. Oh, but that's because we were kids. Yeah, that's true. Well, he's serious and grumpy, sure. Yeah, but yeah. he wasn't like old man. No, he wasn't. I mean, obviously, the spaghetti westerns, he didn't feel like an old man in those either. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he felt young in those. But so I just think they need to remake them. Just relaunch them. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, they technically already did relate make them. <laughs> Are you talking about that stupid, uh, what was that called? Uh, stupid? I don't know what you're talking White about. House, White House Down or whatever? Yeah, White House That's Down. That's another one I've never seen, but it looked exactly like a Die Hard movie to it, me. No, it's not just, it doesn't look like it. It is, ex- it is a Die Hard movie. <laughs> like, they wanted to remake Die Hard, but they couldn't get the approval, so they're like, fine, we'll make White House Down. Maybe, because it makes, it's, <laughs> like, he's a cop, right? And he's right. trying to get this job, you know, someplace else, um, for his daughter, for family reasons, oh, you know gosh. what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Parallels are already strong. Uh, and so he, his his daughter is on a tour at the White House, and then he somehow gets into the White House. I haven't seen this movie in a while. Yeah. But he he gets into the White House after terrorists take over to kill the president. <laughs> and he Please goes tell me in. his name is John. Is his name John? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, my gosh. Wouldn't that be beautiful if I, his name was John? I, I, to Channing Tatum, I don't remember his... his yeah. So anyway, so, so he gets... If it, if it was... It'd be even perfect. Right. Anyway, so he goes in and he's picking off bad guys left and right, firefights, really brutal thing, brutal fights. Um, and then he ends up losing, like he's got a button-up shirt and a suit jacket. He ends up losing that. He's in a tank top. Are, it, like it, a it, white tank top. Like, like a white undershirt tank top. Yes. And it gets all torn up and it gets dirty, We're, just like what, John McClane. What is the country of origin for the bad guys? I don't remember. As I say, because if it's Eastern Bloc... That's even better, right? Because yeah. the bad guys in Die Hard, the they first Die Hard, were, were, yeah, they pretending pretend to, be to be Eastern Bloc. Um, so he, so yeah, he goes and he's trying to save his his loved one in this, in in one building. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. one building the whole time. In a white, dirty tank top. Yeah. And then <laughs> we could even round it out to uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Die Hard 3. Yeah. And he pals up with um, Jamie Foxx. Are you serious? Yeah, he piles up with Jamie Foxx, who's playing the president. <laughs> okay, but still, he's just, yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like really loud, like characters, like Jamie Foxx and Samuel L. Jackson. I think they're both kind of on that same tier in that, like, in that respect. Like, they're loud and they're like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, it's just like crazy. They're always incredulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, so he's he's the president, and they pair up, and they're running around and gunning. I don't know if Jamie Foxx was reluctant to work with him, like Samuel L. Jackson was re- reluctant to work with what's his face. But anyway, oh, is that like, a real thing? What they were? He was reluctant to. Oh, you mean within the, movie. the context in the movie. of oh, yeah, the movie? Yeah. I think that the actors. I was like, oh, I didn't where know that. Samuel Jackson's character, um, Zeus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was like, I'm not helping you. Like, blah blah blah. Like yeah, yeah. Samuel Jacksoning all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not sure if Jamie Foxx is that way or not. But I can't remember if the character was or not. Yeah, but yeah. it was just it was enough little parallels with like rocket launchers and just action. Oh, and when he does team up with Jamie Foxx, they have to get into a car, just yes. like in Die Hard with a Vengeance, when they're always like busting around in, yep, cars. in a car. 
That's anyway. amazing. So, so so basically they've already remade it. Really, they have. And they did a pretty good job good job of it too. It's amazing. Because it's all the same formula in a confined space. Right. Love one in peril. One guy against all these and then, highly trained and then dudes. Buddying up and, and then buddying it up. Yeah. Budding up. Yeah. Like it's So um you think McLean wasn't one of the movies like set in Russia, one of the diehards in Russia? Yeah. And it was like his son? He was good, with his son? No, a good day to die hard. He was yeah. tracking down his son who had supposedly been arrested in Russia for something. And he's like, I'm the, I'm the best guy to go get him out. So it was taken, but with with a boy. Well, no, because he was, he, his son's a special agent. But he's arrested. And a good day to, to die hard. Yeah, yeah. And so I, maybe McLean is his son's legacy? I hope not. Huh, I don't know. I really hope not. Anyways. That's that crazy. Sun was terrible. Was it? Was it not good? It was, I never saw. I never saw that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And you see, the things that John McClane did in the successive movies, "Live Free or Die Hard," mm-hmm. "A Good Day to Die Hard," like they were all he, insane and very accurate. Like that's one thing. Like with the Fast and Furious movies, the things they're able to do is just so precise. Like, no way it's going to happen. Like, when Dom jumps across the freeway at 90 miles an hour from the hood of his car to grabbing Letty out of the air yes. and then landing onto another hood. Yes. Like, and it's so perfect where that is such a slim chance of of of, of, of happening, not to mention the, the forces involved to catch two bodies going different directions and landing on a hood not dying. But do you know why they're able to do that? There's actually a very valid reason why. <laughs> It's all that barbecue and family. <laughs> the barbecue has the protein to keep them strong. It's that Corona. And the family keeps them rolling. He's drunk on that Corona all the time. <laughs> it's a proven fact that people that are drunk in car accidents survive <laughs> more. You're not wrong. Um, but in the in the previous McLean movies, like it was, he was McLean wasn't a superhero, and the things he wa- was doing wasn't like a mate, like out of the realm. Yeah, he's he, just lucky and had enough grit to get through it. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, he he's always getting hurt. He's always getting messed up. He's uh-huh. always yeah, exactly. I, I think in Live Free Die Hard there was like a scene on like a overpass or something that was a little unbelievable where he's flying, like I think doesn't he? He's fighting a Harrier jet. Yeah, with a truck with or a semi truck or something. Or does he fly the? Harrier I can't jet? remember. It was, it it's, was bananas. It's bananas. It's bananas. But even in that movie, a lo- he gets beat up, bro. Like he, oh, sure. He's not okay. He, he, he gets beat up. Yeah. But it's just like the things that he's dealing with yeah. are just way out of the ne- realm next of world. something normal. Instead yeah. of like a guy coming in with a gun and just getting the crap beaten out of him or him having to walk through some glass. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it's it's much more believable, much more grounded. And I honestly think the, the White House Down movie maintained that. I haven't watched it in a while. Right. But- I remember seeing the trailers and being like, this is, this, this should be Die Hard 2. That's amazing. This should be Die Hard 2. Right. That's amazing. Well, anyways, I'm excited to see what happens with the McLean movie because, you know, classics. Yeah. Um, and uh, it sounds like we need to go see Glass. <sighs> yeah. I mean, David Dunn, what I thought was a pretty good character. I definitely think we need to get into that and see how the closure of the Shyamalama-verse. Yep. Happens. Yeah, how it happens hands out <laughs> well uh, well thanks guys for sitting in on this this one with us uh, we really appreciate it uh, this has been Dude Guess What I Saw I'm Graham I'm Zach we'll see you later thanks for listening to Dude Guess What I Saw if you like what you heard leave a review and a rating also make sure to check out dudeguesswhatisaw.com for updates merch and super secret surprises <laughs>